This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 68, our Christmas message. Merry Christmas, everyone. We are Becky Higgins and Becky Proudfit. Becky squared. Becky had too much eggnog this morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are obviously not recording on Christmas morning. We recorded this in advance so that we are um, definitely focused right now as you're listening very much on our families and being at home and enjoying stillness and quiet and also chaos. The chaos I was going to say, mine won't probably be still or quiet on Christmas. However, it's going to be the best kind of togetherness Yes. And chaos you ever did see. Well, and really whatever your Christmas looks like, whether you are listening to this on Christmas Day or maybe a few days afterwards or whatever, we we hope that you are really able to honor whatever the Christmas experiences that you choose because we know that Christmas does look very different for families all yeah. around the world. And anyway, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Heck yes. And we're really excited that this is the shortest and sweetest little episode we will have ever done in the history of all of our year and, and three months. Probably will ever do, if probably. we're being honest. But right? we both wanted to just share a quick thought with you on this Christmas season and Becky Proudfit. I'm going to invite you to kick it off. Well, thank you You're so welcome. much. <laughs> um, as we kind of thought about what we wanted to share for this Christmas episode, um, I kind of wanted to share one of my most profound um, Christmas lessons coupled with something that is setting my soul on fire. So um, Christmas 2017, yes. forevermore will be known as the cancer Christmas. Oh, yeah. It was the Christmas that I was going through cancer treatment. And um, prior to... Um, cancer Christmas, I had not one, not two, not three, but four perfectly curated Christmas trees in our home. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what do perfectly curated Christmas trees look like? So actually my mom has done a really um, wonderful tradition of, um, sending each of my kids an ornament every year of their life. And I have a bunch of ornaments from my childhood. Taylor has some from his childhood. Okay. So typical family, typical family. And um, of course that was not going to be happening on the showpiece tree in our home. Okay. So I had one of the other three trees was like all the kids stuff okay right yep um the showpiece tree in our home was very perfectly curated um ornaments and ribbons and things with a theme that I loved and colors Mm -hmm. I loved and it was really like a decoration wonderland in my home which if that's your jam absolutely to you yeah that's cool for me um having cancer Christmas forced me to strip away every single thing that was an unnecessary tradition because that cancer Christmas, we had less pomp and circumstance Mm -hmm. um, than any other Christmas before, yet we felt more closeness and more togetherness than we ever had felt before. Um, The only thing I could muster the strength to do was literally instruct my husband to get the Christmas tree out of the attic or wherever he keeps it just a single christmas tree one single okay. christmas tree not four um and to put it up and as i laid there and the kids put on their ornaments and we're so proud to have this christmas tree that literally had no ribbon it had it was just a christmas tree and just their ornaments mm. um was the only thing that was in our home that entire christmas season and it really struck me 
um, the joy that that tree produced. And also in that moment of like, literally that was all I could do. I did not care that any of those other four trees weren't there. Mm -hmm. I didn't care that we didn't have 18 kinds of Christmas cookies. And the only cookies we had that year were ones that people dropped off to our house. I didn't care about the traditions we didn't do. The only thing I cared about was, um, was already done, that our nativity was up, that my kids were with me, that um, our Christmas tree was up, and they were so proud of the work that they did. And it really struck me um, that I had gotten lost. I had gotten lost in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, and I had forgotten um, what the beautiful and purely precious moments of joy are within the Christmas season. And it had become about a bunch of other things um, other than what really mattered. And it made me forevermore think about not... um, what I want our Christmas season to be filled with or cookies I want to make or things we want to do. It became more about what did I want my Christmas season to feel like? What did I want our family's Christmas to feel like? And then I looked at every activity and thing we did to support that. So I'll tell you, um, my Christmas tree this year, again, it, ha- it now has some red felt balls on it, but it is just our Christmas tree with the kids' ornaments, and I love it every bit as much. Um, a few days ago, my kids and I were sitting, um, as our family does, in a presentation of um, a presentation. Sh- uh, a show, I guess we would call it, called Joy to the World um, at our church. And as that special hymn was played, Joy to the World, and we were all standing there singing together, it struck me how beautiful it was to all be standing singing together about truly the joy of the holiday season. And I thought back to that cancer Christmas and how that Christmas was a Christmas that I learned to embrace the joy of Christmas because I didn't make it about All these things that didn't matter. What it solely was about was my family togetherness and celebrating the joy of the knowledge that we have a Savior who was sent to earth solely to help us to come back home. And what a miraculous blessing it was to be standing there singing that song, remembering that with my children. Um, And so our cancer Christmas was maybe the best and most joyful Christmas we've ever had. And so for the rest of my life, I will always try to live up to the joy of the cancer Christmas. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. I I don't wish for a cancer Christmas. No, but if you have one, (laughs) you know what though, if you have one, you're going to love it. And I bet a lot of other people have had unemployment Christmas or or lots of other things other than cancer, depression Christmas Mm -hmm. or anxiety Christmas or whatever it is for you. Um, Whatever it was that made you strip back to realize the true blessing of the season. And, and we both know people and a lot of you know people, or maybe you are these people who associate Christmas, unfortunately, with loss, you know, people yeah. who have lost loved ones during mm-hmm. the Christmas season. And so there's forever and always that association. Um, first of all, our hearts go out to you um, and we pray for you to find peace during this time. And also it doesn't have to be a dark thing. It truly can be an opportunity to seek for light and Mm -hmm. Christ of course represents the ultimate light. Right. And, um, and that's the thought that I would add is, um, you know, during Christmas season and where we get, we do get caught up, not necessarily in a bad way. Usually I think we're all well-intended. We're all intentional human beings here. Um, but sometimes we do get caught up in the, the hoopla of the season and we do try to make sure that we are focusing on what really actually matters within our families, with our faith, and pointing to the Savior and all of those things. And so 
and thinking about the Savior and in thinking about this uh, particular timing that this episode comes out on Christmas Day and now in this next week as we look forward to the new year, Mm -hmm. um, there is a, a quote that has always been from the moment that I heard it and for all these years, which has now been, I don't know, 14 years or so since I heard it, it sticks with me a lot because it's short, it's sweet, and it's easy to remember. And that is that um, we can all try a little harder to be a little better. And and I'll tell you why I like that so much, but let me tell you where it's from. Um, his name is Gordon B. Hinckley, who is no longer with us, but he gave a talk in April of 1995 called We Have a Work to Do. And let me just read to you the full quote and where this comes from, and then I'll share um, why it means so much to me and why it feels very relevant to share here with you guys, um, our Cultivate a Good Life community. Uh, He says, my beloved associates, far more of us need to awake and arouse our faculties to an awareness of the great everlasting truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each of us can do a little better than we have been doing. We can be a little more kind. We can be a little more merciful. We can be a little more forgiving. We can put behind us our weaknesses of the past and go forth with new energy and increased resolution to improve the world about us in our homes, in our places of employment, in our social activities. We have a work to do, you and I, so very much of it. Let us let us roll up our sleeves and get at it with a new commitment, putting our trust in the Lord. I'm trying to keep it together right now. Keep it together. <sighs> so good. I it's absolutely love that quote. That's everything so in good. a nutshell. It is everything. And the reason why it's everything to me is because it does point back to Christ. We talk about cultivating a good life pretty much every day, actually. You and I, Becky, through our social media and our personal interactions within our families, with our friendships and relationships. Um, But we both have acknowledged that we are nothing without the Savior. We truly, like we cannot accomplish what we are put here to accomplish unless we point our lives toward him. Mm -hmm. And because we're always talking about what it means to cultivate a good life, um, I'm grateful that what um, President Hinckley spoke to really centers on Christ. And also, and especially a message to those of you who maybe um, don't have that same faith, which is fine, right? We've already, we honor that everybody's beliefs are different. But what he talks about in terms of being a little better, a little more kind, a little more merciful, a little more forgiving, to me, first of all, those all emulate what the Savior was all about and is all about. And also, we can try a little harder to be a little better, meaning we're not meant to change everything and make everything significantly better overnight. It's impossible. It's not attainable. It's kind of ridiculous to think that we would ever have a chance of even doing that if we wanted to. Or even that we need to change ourselves so drastically to become someone completely different. Right. Because we are enough as we are and we can do a little better. Yeah, I'll do better. Yeah, just a little bit. And so to me that this these words are so inspired because I feel I feel empowered to know and remember that I am I came here as a an amazing human being, a daughter of God, and I am enough and so are you. Mm-hmm. And because I strive to be more like my savior, little by little, step by step, day by day, I can be a little bit closer to my own potential and be closer to what I know um, Heavenly Father wants me to be. And so I love the gentleness. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The gentleness and the gentle reminder that um, that God knows us. He loves us. He's cheering us on. 
And he has given us everything that we need, including prayer, including access to him, including a savior to look toward. And, um, and, and I love President Hinckley's words for all of those reasons. Oh, so that's beautiful. So he- as you guys think about what Christmas means to you and what the season means to you and perhaps what your family means to you and what your faith means to you, we invite you to carve out five minutes today, tomorrow, or in the next few days and write some of these thoughts down. Um, because there is, as we always talk about, there's power in documenting and there's power in articulating what your actual feelings and thoughts are about this. Right. Um, and just to close out, cause we did promise to keep it short and sweet. We both want to testify of the reality of the savior, Jesus Christ. He is truly the perfect example of everything that you and I can be and should be. And when we think about how to treat other people, when we think about choices we need to make, when we think about how to overcome a challenge, literally every choice that we make and every action we can take, Mm -hmm. if pointed toward the Savior and if pointed in a direction that emulates what he would have us do, it changes our lives. And he has changed my life. He is truly the joy of the world. And the beauty of the Christmas season is that we get to reflect on the fact that nothing can take us down. The Savior has made it with his perfect existence and perfect and just undying love for us that there is no sin, there is no heartache, there is no abandonment, there is no situation on this earth that he cannot redeem us from, that he cannot truly bring back our joy, which is why he is the joy of the world. And we invite you to think about that, to think about the gift of joy that the Savior brings to you, that the Savior can bring to you, and encourage you to look into that relationship, to look inward, and to be able this Christmas day to bring out the joy in your life. And to reflect on that, to be grateful for it, and to help it to to rise to the surface, to amplify, and to be completely abundant in the year to come. Friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write those promptings down that you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. The Savior loves you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.